comprehensive examination of the pre-September 11 FBI reflects an agency that must evolve and that must change if our mission, our priorities, our structure, our workforce, and our technologies are to revolve around the one central paramount premise of preventing the next attack. So who was that? That was who was that young firebrand? That was Robert Mueller, just not that many years ago. That's mm. what he sounded like. Correct. When he used to testify in front of Congress, yeah. I just thought that was interesting. I was surprised that nobody on any cable news channel played any of that. I just looked it up on YouTube, an old Robert Mueller before Congress uh, thing, and where he sounded like sounded and looked like a completely different human being. Right. Well, oh. yeah, the years have not been kind. But uh, how did nobody percent- know that? <clears throat> You're going to have to repeat that for me. The people that were so excited to bring him up there, how did they not know that? I think they were hoping against hope. He'd come up and have that one last Clint, Eastwood, Clint Eastwood-esque, he's still got it, and then he fades away into the sunset. <laughs> All right. I didn't want to dwell on that. I just thought it was interesting. So this And what the, was the question, sir? Who's dwelling? Nobody's dwelling. This in the New York Times by a guy named uh, Thomas Edsel. He writes a weekly weekly column on politics, and I thought this was damned interesting. The Democratic Party is actually three parties. And he breaks down what the three parties are, and I thought this was among the most shocking and interesting things mm. that exists in politics today. I do love to be shocked and interested. Uh, Democratic Party voters are split in its most progressive wing, which is supportive of contentious policies on immigration, health care, and other issues, is in the context of the party's electorate disproportionately white. Then you got the middle group, which is somewhat liberal. Then you got the moderate wing, which is all about bread and butter concerns like taxes, jobs, health care, blah, blah, blah. That is majority non-white. Mm. The, 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 the part of the party that's driving this whole illegals get free health care, we shouldn't have a border, free college forever, is almost is hugely the white part. Right. The black and Hispanic part, the, major, the majority of that group is black and Hispanic. Um, they're, no, that's crazy talk. Right. We don't think any of that makes sense. Right. Exactly. The and, and you know, you might say that they were hoping that government money would flow more toward them. But so so you're you're affluent oh things are okay for me. My life is fine, but we need to give free health care to illegals and no longer have borders. Mm-hmm. What, what what I just find that stunning. That is not that politicians don't know that. Clearly the politicians on stage do not know that hmm. the way they talk to Hispanic crowds and everything. I yes. talked about that earlier in the week. The biggest Hispanic organization in the country, their leader came out and said, boy, that was a real mistake for all those candidates to raise their hand for free health care for illegals. Hispanics think that's a terrible idea. Yeah. Rich white people think it's a good idea. I was going to say. How crazy is that? And this is not charitable, but I think it's pretty accurate. It is the pretentious intellectual white yep. Democrats yep. who are pitching that crap. And they've got a, they're being, it's it's that whole soft bigotry thing. They've got this vision of Hispanics and blacks that the Hispanics and blacks don't have themselves. 
Right. And just how, how we need to help you and take care of you and all that sort of stuff. I have said it's, that for the longest time. I find the paternalism of progressivism, progressivism absolutely disgusting. The idea that you people are so pathetic, you can't possibly make your way in life unless the pretentious white intellectual class takes care of you. Will, it's disgusting. Will the media, will the candidates, will the moderators who ask the questions catch on that that whole, uh, well, the stuff we just mentioned is for white people, not for Hispanics and blacks. It's virtue so, signaling whites who want you to know I'm not one of those bad whites. I'm a, I'm a enlightened progressive white. I love black people. I love Hispanic people. Black Hispanic illegals are my favorite people on earth, especially if they've committed a crime, because then I can show how incredibly enlightened I am. And Hispanics don't go along with that. Don't think that. No. I, I'm disappointed, as, as I said, that the New York Times, to the extent that they have, is uh, caught on to all this. Yeah, I was better re- they remain, remain blind. <laughs> I wish they hadn't caught on, but yeah. I think that is really interesting stuff. Not that surprising, I guess. So you're white, you're affluent, everything's going great in your life, and you've got these wildly crazy ideas about how the Hispanic community, which you don't obviously really know what the Hispanic community wants. Mm-hmm. You just are thinking you know. Because, well, I know what they should want. Right. How that That is so condescending. Yeah, I know. I know it. And the Hispanic community themselves say, no. Healthcare for illegals? No. That's crazy. What are you talking about? Right. And I know plenty of black people who who agree with me that the the democratic, you're helpless, you need us approach to life is just poisonous, especially to young people. It's just, it's awful. Here's an intriguing notion, maybe, for Republicans and conservatives uh, listening. What if there were like a Bill Clinton-esque, and I'm not talking about, you know, he's a horn dog, but, you know, he's he's a moderate, he's a triangulator, he's a, a deal maker, and I don't know who it is. Old man Biden's washed up, so forget him. What if it turns out, just for instance, Kamala Harris uh, drops some of the idiotic, uh, you know, policies we've been talking about for the last two minutes. She drops that stuff and says, all right, listen, the way the way I'm going to get elected is I'm going to speak to the majority of Democrats and say, listen, this uh, Medicare for all is not going to happen. It's, it, it would be terrible. It'd be incredibly wasteful. Uh, we're going to enforce border laws. I mean, we're going to go with, again, the majority of Democratic voters and just be reasonable. And uh, free uh, insurance for legals is never going to happen. Come on now. So she's like, turns out to be a truly moderate Democrat who will talk sense to her own party and her own electorate. I tell you what, there's there's a bit of me that thinks, wow, if you could sober up the Democratic Party and pull them back from the brink of borderless communism, I, I, I would be excited about that. Well, it's happening because, uh, you know, these, the, all these articles in the New York Times, um, we're still 466 days out, so there's a long time to do uh, this. Wait, so. well, what? What? Pardon me? So let me read the... Another. Can that number be right? Somebody check his math. So let me read one more paragraph from this, and then... Uh, the three ideological groups favor different sets of policies. On the left, the very liberal voters, which are made up majority white, they stress the environment, protecting immigrants, abortion, and race-gender issues. That's the mostly white part. Wow, Okay. Of the Democratic Party. The uh, moderate to conservative part of the Democratic Party, which, by the way, is over 50% of the Democratic Party, 
Keep it in mind. That is the part that is majority non-white, and they're mostly concerned with job creation and lowering taxes. Oh, how do you like that? Oh, my goodness. How off track are all the candidates? And all the cable channels. And all the cable channels. And, and virtually every journalist in well, that's America. Because they're because they're mostly that group of white people. Pretentious white intellectuals. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How astounding is that? I know it. I know it. Uh, so uh, You've got a group of people that don't even represent the majority of the Democratic Party running the media, leading... A, a group of people that want to be president for the Democrats that right. are being misled right. by that first group into thinking this is what Democrats want. And they're just wrong. Right. They're just wrong. Well, and the other side of that coin is the media that portrays Republicans as lunatic racists and haters when that could only you know apply to a tiny percentage of people. I, you know, I swear we're, we've been uh, in favor of, for some time now of unplugging the internet. <laughs> I think perhaps we uh, we cut the cable as well. No more cable news, and newspapers only by permission. Well, the there will be a is, committee approving newspapers, and I will head it up. I have volunteered. Yes, positive, Sean, producer. The younger the person you talk to, the least, the less relevant cable news is to them. Oh yeah, yeah good. Yeah. Reducing, of course, they're in little uh, internet intellectual bubbles, which isn't much of an improvement. But reduce reducing global warming just doesn't even really show up for that majority non-white group of moderate to conservative Democrats. Just it's just not even on their radar. I mean, you might care, but you're trying to raise a family. You're trying to to pay your bills. They are so. They also aren't thinking about abortion rights. Or the whole race gender thing and pronouns and all the different stuff. So you got Beto going around with his, you know, his little placard in front of him with his pronouns on it. Right. It's only appealing to educated, mostly white uh, Democrats who 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 run all of the news and all the the opinion pieces for the most right, part. Right. But you get how look I hate myself because I'm white crowd. Looking at the graph, it's just absolutely amazing. Then you get down to the moderate priorities. Which is mostly non-white, creating jobs and lowering taxes. Wow, isn't that something? I, I oh boy, this is yet another example of how plugged-in electronic America has become. Uh, we're making ourselves crazy because it used to be people formed their perception of this country and, and their neighbors based on their neighbors' interactions. Church, civic groups, ball clubs, whatever, softball on Saturdays. You formed your opinions of America based on what you yourself observed, not what some appointed, anointed class of eggheads told you America is. And that was a healthier time. And Oh, oh so you want to return to racism. God, you people with your dumb arguments. No, of course not. We spent this the entire history of this country trying to perfect it, trying to live up to our ideals. It's a process that continues. But we didn't have that particular kind of psychosis back in the day of this wildly distorted idea of who we are as a country. Um, I'll hit you with one more number, and then we'll move on from this. Make it um, a good number. Almost three-quarters of the liberal, mostly white Democrats uh, want to protect immigrants. It's a 30-point drop when you get to the moderate conservative crowd, which is majority non-white. So the non-white crowd, yes, only 42% uh, say that is a high, uh, high priority, protecting immigrants. Whatever that means. I mean, I want to protect them from, like, dog attacks. 
Um, you know what it means. It's all the crap. It's the health care. It's the, it's the not having ice around people. It's all that BS. Right. So for your uh, educated white crowd, oh, it's very important. For people that actually are non-white, and often it's way in those down communities. the list. It's way down the list. Right. How crazy is that? that, that well, that is so Interesting. I don't want the candidates to catch on. I want to. I want them to all raise their hand again on Tuesday and Wednesday night and say, "Yes, we should do away with ICE and borders and give free health care." Because there's no such thing as a human being that doesn't deserve health care. Keep saying that fanciful uniform unicorn crap that practically nobody thinks is a good idea. We need to raise taxes to bring down global warming and abolish ICE and give their budget to health care for illegals. The disappointing thing is that nobody was paying attention to that first debate. We're a year and a half out. There's plenty of time to get your act together if you're the Democratic Party. But wow. Wow, that was a that was several swings and misses that first time around. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah, but the video exists. Yes. Armstrong and Getty. going to talk about um, a number of things. We got the uh, various countries hacking into our elections and trying to ruin them, which stinks. Foreign bastards. Foreign bastards, Joe says. That's his commentary. So uh, I'm looking at this picture of uh, Nancy Pelosi and Sandy, uh, also known as AOC, uh, smiling there in front of the American flag in Nancy Pelosi's office as they've just uh, concluded their face-to-face meeting. And AOC has the glowing smile of the gal who got what she was looking for. And Nancy Pelosi has the tight, forced grimace slash grin of somebody forced to give up what the other person wanted. That picture says a lot. Oh, I'm telling you. Because AOC. I've I've been married to a woman. I had a mother. I had a sister. I raised two daughters. And I know when a woman's really happy and when she's smiling through her anger. AOC AOC did get what she wanted. You had to sit down and talk to me. You had no choice. There was too much political and public pressure for you to ignore me. And you had to talk to me, even though I'm a freshman congressman. And are they 50 years apart in age? 29 and 79, right? Is she 79? Well, it's so close. How old it might Nancy? as well be yeah, true. It's, even it's if close it's enough. Not. It's yeah. close to 50 years apart. Right. Wow. And the child is telling uh, the queen what to do so it's your and how to do it. And she's 79. 79. Yeah. They're 50 years apart. I'm telling you, I'm sorry you weren't a Game of Thrones freak like me and Positive Sean, because it is so the calculating young princess and the old queen. And uh, spoiler alert, uh, put your money on the old queen. <laughs> so we played that cool uh, jazzy music. That was from the soundtrack of the new Quentin Tarantino movie, which is called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, it debuted, uh, yeah, opening night last night. This is his ninth feature film. Uh, he's uh, it, he plays fast and loose with the numbers. He considers Kill Bill 1 and 2 one movie. Whatever. He's only whatever. trying to do 10 movies. Stop I don't it. know. Whatever. Enough. Um, but uh, the the most overwhelming thing to me, this is easily the best soundtrack of the last 20 years. Um, it is cool. it is fantastic. I, I was introduced to songs by people that I'm fans of that I didn't know existed. Tarantino has a real knack of finding 
old songs that were huge in the day, but have somehow just faded over time sure. and reintroducing them to new people. And are not included in that list of 200 or so utterly tired out classic rock tracks we've, that radio beats the hell out and of. And we've often talked about... In my what, opinion. What, there should be a moratorium on making new music until we've all listened to all the great old music that's out there. Because I still <laughs> discover stuff that, like, you know, it came out in 1985 or whatever, and I discovered it. This is fantastic. I didn't. I don't need anything new. This is great, and I just discovered it. Right. So anyway. Yeah. That that song, uh, the Vanilla Fudge cover of uh, who, Joe. Who was it originally? This sung is by? the Supremes, right? Uh, yeah. The Keep Me Hanging Keep me On. Hanging that's on. I. That's my new favorite song. I'm probably going to listen to that on loop for the next seven days. Uh, and that very much gets the stuck in the middle with you treatment, where that beautiful song is somebody oh, gets their ear cut off. No, but it's the it's the background music knows. for a uh, among Quentin Tarantino's more violent scenes that he's ever oh, that he's ever done. I don't want one of Quentin Tarantino's no. most violent scenes. No, so oh, if no. you hear that on no. and you're opposed to that sort of no. thing, that's when you can cover your no. eyes or go to the bathroom or whatever. No. Um, <laughs> but the, the the movie in itself was uh, it's. People who live in L.A. or have lived in L.A. I think will love this. It is a very romanticized version of or vision of the the city and all many touchstone historical landmarks that they go to. Um, it's it's based in the late '60s. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, a a struggling actor, uh, trying to recapture some of his his stardom. Brad Pitt plays his stunt double. They are friends. They live next door to the Polanskis and Sharon Tate, where oh, the no. Manson murders. Wait a so yeah. it is. There are historical accuracies throughout this movie, but it is not a truthful retelling of of the events of that night, which okay. I'm fine with. Um, uh, but <laughs> really enjoyable. It doesn't have the things that I love most about Tarantino: the kind of rat-a-tat uh, uh, dialogue and, and give and take. There's no great speeches, but I, I really enjoyed it. Mar- right. Marshall's okay. got his news coming up. Um, and uh, we'll get to a, a bunch of different things. God, I had a really good thing to tease, but I can't remember. You'll just have to take my word for it. Mm. It's good. It's so good. Right. So the uh, big Mueller report thing was seven and a half hours long. It was on practically every channel that existed, and it still only got 13 million people viewing it. Which is a much smaller audience than you got for Kavanaugh, than smaller for Cohen. It's been going down, down, down. Uh, hearing by hearing. So, I'm sorry, Cohen was bigger than... Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Than Mueller? Wow. Yeah. Wow. And uh, the, the biggest one was the first one, I think it was Comey, whichever one was first. But it's just been going steadily down, as I think people just think, you know, there's not as much... These aren't as jazzy as I was hoping, or... <laughs> Yeah, true or, or whatever. Sure, there, Robert Mueller agrees. Anyway, news now in in a in a country this big with all right. the news coverage it's got, and it was available on every channel. Thirteen million is not very many. Well, and pitched, pitched for years as this is the man, this is the moment that will bring down Trump. You're gonna have to repeat that for me. Uh, will bring <laughs> down Trump. I take your question. Whatever that means. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Just a side note to all that. I think a lot of people have spent time, invested time, and to watch these hearings, and then nothing happens afterwards. Nothing comes nothing out happens. of them. You say nothing, nothing happens? Nothing comes out of them. People talk. Oh, people talk. <laughs> anyway, we do, have, we do have an important report that's just been issued, bipartisan report from the Senate Intelligence Committee that provides new evidence of Russia's determination to interfere in our 2016 presidential election. The new intel report 
said the Russians likely attempted to find weaknesses in the voting systems of all 50 states, scanning the systems of at least 21 states as well. I'm surprised they didn't get in, just knowing how bad state governments probably are at protecting their computer systems. They can get into Equifax, but they can't get into whatever county? Right. Yeah, interesting. Uh, According to the report, the Russians stole or looked at the personal data of hundreds of thousands of voters from at least two states, including Illinois. Mm. The good news is the U.S. government and the states have improved. Land of Lincoln. So they have improved their election security, but the chilling question is exactly why was Russia snooping around all those voting systems back in 2016? Were they laying the groundwork for next time? Well, uh, and listen, I was going to point out, this is one of those fairly rare instances where we are talking about the election, because what Russia mostly wants to do is just tear at the coherence of our country and put us at each other's throats and make us cynical and and, uh, uh, people who believe nothing and tear down our institutions. So, um, in answer to your question, Jack, yeah, absolutely. They're going to probe and probe and probe and probe until they can do some serious damage. Right. There are also cautions about other players trying to influence U.S. elections, Iran and China. China? Iran? China? Two countries who might want to undermine President Trump in the upcoming election. So there's the interesting part. Clearly, China and Iran both think whoever's president after Trump would go easier on us. Um, And they're probably right. On us or them? Go easier on them. I'm uh, I'm I'm speaking as China and Iran. Oh, they're, I see. They're yeah. probably You're thinking, assuming the role. They're probably thinking whoever's president after Trump will go easier on us. It'd be easier for me to follow if you could do like a hybrid Chinese Iranian accent. And I think they're probably right. Whoever's president. No, that just sounds like you still. Yeah, he's not even trying. Yeah, yeah. I know. Whoever's president won't have the guts to do this trade war thing with China. But anyway. Um, when China is trying to get whoever elected against Trump. Right. My guess would be, having observed the political class for quite some time, they'll just trade their comments. Right. All the things that they each said before, they will trade. Adam Schiff will put on a Confucius outfit and announce that the Chinese are merely trying to help with justice. Exactly. Got the smallest, thinnest neck I've ever seen. And Mitch McConnell not, will become or, a crusader. Or just, or, the, or the, the, the Democrats all of a sudden won't be interested in uh, talking about this or investigating it. And the Republicans will be talking about, this is the biggest threat. You know, all that we must have right? hearings. So <laughs> Bring Mueller back. <laughs> that's, what a fine fellow. That's what will happen. Yeah. Well, it turns out now that the governor's resigned... The woman set to replace Puerto Rico's next governor has been criticized for her reluctance to confront problems in the governor who's resigning. No, she wasn't tough enough on him. She she wore blackface in the 70s. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, the criticism is likely to complicate the Justice Secretary Wanda Vasquez's ability to complete Rosseo's term in the face of widespread public anger. I have heard more about Puerto Rican politics in the last six months than I, I need to. Am I supposed to care? I don't care. Yes. I just don't it's care. It's a territory, Jack. Keep a the US governor. Territory. Don't keep the governor. I don't care. <laughs> hey, you can now file a claim to take part. Be like one of those little towns in Indiana that has a dog for a governor. Isn't that what it is, Mayor? Wouldn't that be jarring? <laughs> Do they have dogs in Puerto Rico? Somebody check. You can now file a claim to take part in a settlement from the Equifax data breach of 2017. About 147 million people are due a portion, and uh, figuring out if you're one of them is easy. They've got a website, Equifax Breach Settlement. 
Com. That is two class action lawsuits I believe I have something coming from. So, you probably have tonight, a, honey. You probably have a sweet dollar ninety eight coming oh, your way. Oh, oh, I'm telling no. you. No, no, no. Those impacted could get $125 in cash or up to 10 years of free credit monitoring. $125 in cash. Anyway, once again, it's it's EquifaxBreachSettlement.com. Credit monitoring. That's made up. Yes. (laughs) And one final note. Filming has been wrapped for the upcoming Game of Thrones prequel pilot. HBO Hmm. programming uh, confirmed that the filming for the pilot... Starring Naomi Watts, finished recently in Northern Ireland. Sean, have you heard any rumors, any buzz about this? Well, there's pilot. There, HBO is doing a bunch of spinoffs with the based in the world that Game of Thrones has existed in. One of the interesting things that George R. R. Martin did with this is he created literal like tens of thousands of years of backstory and history and. Who built the wall and the long night, which was a, a winter that lasted years and years wow, and years. Right. And, uh, you know, Robert's Rebellion is, is kind of where uh, this one picks up afterwards. So there there are tons of little side quests and stories to mine uh, content from for HBO going How forward. well will it be done? That's the only question. Uh, ideas th- are a dime a dozen. Execution is everything. They have, like the Naomi Watt, they have good right. stars in it, yeah. and they're throwing lots of money at it. So right. Well, that's a, that's a good sign. I, I'll bet HBO and all the rest of uh, that sort of uh, producer of content are... Studying the Marvel model just as hard as they can. All right, how do we, you know, have these things spiderweb out? No pun intended, um, and and grow these universes and right. franchises nah, and keep two the words, suckers coming. Joey's place or whatever the name was of when Joey from Friends went off and had his spinoff. <laughs> exactly That's the same thing. Be. Yes, very similar. Shame, 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 shame. Oh, there you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Michael, never let the shame bell die. This is the tease I meant to do. I knew I had a good tease. This is a good tease. It's one of those deals where the tease might be better than the story, but it's a good tease. Don't say that out loud. (laughs) Saudi Arabia's crown prince reportedly wants to build a $500 billion. That's a half a trillion, ladies and gentlemen. You got my attention. Wants to build a half a trillion dollar desert. Ice rink. (laughs) No. (laughs) Hot dog stand. Half a trillion dollar desert city with artificial rain, a glow-in-the-dark beach, and and robot dinosaurs. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So, yes. A glow-in-the-dark beach. Guess I'll take my kids. Dinosaur show's over, kids, but wait for an hour, and the -the glow-in-the-dark beach lights up. What part of the beach lights up? Literally the sand? Uh, more, that's what I would guess. Yeah. I have more details for you on that coming up. So. Or do they have like glowing sharks that swim through? Oh, that wow. Cool. <laughs> if you got $500 billion in an imagination, I imagine you can make just about anything happen. Yeah. 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 Well, they've got a ski slope, right? In Saudi Arabia? They do. At least one. Hmm. Indoor ski slope. I mean, it's not much of a ski slope, but yeah. We do need to talk at some point more about the water bucket attacks on the cops in New York because that's a that's that's just a cultural thing that bothers yeah. me quite a bit. Yep. Hey, one more example of how wildly uh, distorted a view we're getting of, you know, what Democrats are and what they believe. Um, there's a, a vote to uh, boycott Israel, and it was just crushed. It's just crushed. Your Ilhan Omars and Rashida Tlaib uh, and others have spoken out about the boycott, divest, and sanctions movement. So the squad is on this, and they just got hammered. Nobody nobody agrees with their crap. It was 398 to 17. Really? 
Um, yeah. Uh, more details on that coming up. but um, And yeah. robot dinosaurs and glowing beaches. I mean, come on. Take my kid to Legoland. I'm going to take it to uh, the Saudi uh, Crown Princes or whatever he's going to call this thing. Fake Rainland. Fake Rainland. That's where I'm taking my kids. Have they thought about when the fake rain hits the robot dinosaurs and cause short circuits and they, you know, probably eat tourists? There's probably all kinds <laughs> of problems. Because it could happen. <laughs> and good luck suing in Saudi Arabia. Oh, boy. It's not, it's not the United States. Oh, boy. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Finance records, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg has spent $300,000 on private plane travel, while Bernie Sanders just asked Spirit Airlines if they have a punch card. Wow. I'm sorry. I just didn't know. I, I was just reading about MSNBC's increasingly bitter feud with Bernie. I don't swing out that way much, um, but uh, yeah, Over they, what? they hate each other. A lot of NBC or MSNBC and NBC commentators are... Uh, they're not down with Bernie, and they're engaging in saying he's like a creepy old man and anti-woman and stuff like that. And his campaign really? is lashing back, and because wow. they they I'm want to, younger, hipper progressives, so they're trying to tear yeah. him down. But poor Bernie. No, he's looking at me. I'm looking at him. <laughs> Did we do that whole uh, glowing dinosaur thing? Or you what? want the whole thing? Sure. Yeah. Saudi Arabia's oh we're going to talk to somebody coming up in a little bit about um millennials the, the few millennials that are paying attention to the whole national debt and saying, "Hey, wait a second, I'm going to get stuck with this bill." Yeah, it, it oh, should finally. Be, it really should be an issue for millennials and and whatever that next generation is. Uh generation Z, Z think, or yeah. something like that. It, those are, I I will probably die before the bill comes really due and like you know there's crushing taxes and, right. and well and, and oldsters vote and so it will not the hammer will not come down on oldsters when it finally comes down but, probably so I worry about it all the time and have railed about it on the air and it, it, it's it's probably not even going to happen to me but I I do care what the the country's going to be like for my kids and if you're younger you're the one who's going to live in a completely different country because of our debt anyway. Saudi Arabia doesn't have to worry about debt. They pump out oil, and uh, they're run by some princes, and they get to spend money however the hell they want. Saudi Arabia's crown prince reportedly wants to build a half a trillion dollar desert city. A mega city, they call it, that will be known as the Neom Project. According to the Wall Street Journal, plans have been drawn up to furnish the city, which they say will be the size of the state of Massachusetts. What? With a variety of futuristic, in some cases, downright weird-sounding technologies. The Wall Street Journal reports uh, that three of the world's biggest consultancy firms that have built some of the biggest things in the world have been hired by MBS, Mohammed bin Salman, the guy, the increasingly strange-seeming gazillionaire that runs Saudi Arabia, uh, is behind this, and he's hired the best consulting firms in the world to do it. The proposed features uh, include flying taxis, 
A giant artificial moon that will be illuminated every evening. Okay, that's the scariest thing I've heard so far. That's straight out James Bond villain Because you can't count on the regular moon to always be available. I was going to say, we already got a moon, but <laughs> some days it's dark. Yeah, but there's, there's a really gigantic natural moon. But you'd have a blue super moon whenever you wanted it, if, you, if it's an artificial You're moon. with your phony moons. So what are they going to have, just a big old tower that they'll flip a light on at night? Cloud seeding technology to make artificial clouds and produce higher rainfall than naturally possible in the Saudi desert. That's yes. pretty interesting. And then yes. I, will, I will make a device to block out the sun. We're just going to inject chem- chemicals into clouds, and then that uh, chemistry water will fall on you. It sounds like he's trying to build. Good luck. You, it Try so- not to breathe. It sounds like he's trying to build a utopia, like yes. l- like <clears throat> literally, not culturally, like we do in politics in the United mm-hmm. States but literally physically build one, and culturally, a state-of-the-art security and surveillance system, which will use drone security cameras and facial recognition technology to track every citizen constantly. In the name of safety, this, this right. giant city the size of Massachusetts will be perfectly safe all the time. Schools will be cl- uh, School classes will be taught by holographic teachers. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I had, not, I had assumed that this was all just a playground, that it was to stimulate tourism. No, it sounds to me like he's trying to build utopia. He's literally trying to build utopia. Okay, now I'm really, really interested. Uh, School classes will be taught by holographic teachers, and they'll have the leading education system on the planet. Now, this part just sounds like it's for fun. A Jurassic Park-like island filled with with robotic dinosaurs to entertain residents and visitors. Wouldn't it be cheaper to just hire guys to run around in dinosaur suits? A dining scene that includes the highest rate of Michelin-starred restaurants per inhabitant of any city in the world. Well, you can say you're going to do that, but... It's calling it a city, but it's the size of Massachusetts, so it's it's just a giant urban area. Which I guess is a city, but... What's the square mileage of Massachusetts? Does anybody have any idea? And if you told and me, and how does it compare to like Los Angeles? And if, I you, mean, to, if you told me, would I be able to comprehend it? Yeah, I've, I I know this completely off the top of my head. It's ten thousand five hundred sixty-five square miles exactly. <laughs> How's that? I didn't have to with Google LA, that at all. Which is among the more sprawling cities. The Saudi government says the city will attract the world's greatest minds and best talents. L.A. is five hundred three square miles. So it's it's more it's practically a country. That he's talking about, but well, all okay. Urban, so, it uh, but it's going to have like super entertainment as well. So there isn't uh, certainly an element of a uh, huge element of tourism. You know, if you're not hip to this, the Saudis they know the oil thing ain't going to last, and that's all they have. And if the oil dries up, they're going to have you know however many million people live there, uh, starving, poor, broke, and angry at their rich, fat overlords. And so they're absolutely desperate to get something other than oil going economically. And this sounds like a Huge gambit but why in that you, direction. But why, why do you have an education system? That would I think be... probably so your employees' kids can go to schools and stuff like that. It still sounds to me like a gigantic resort? Disneyland. Like a resort? I was thinking like Vegas. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a good parallel. It's a city that exists for entertainment, and the blackjack dealer's got to live somewhere. And the guy's running around in dinosaur suits. <laughs> you live in a trailer out in the side of the city, and out in the sand. Out in Pahrump. Exactly. You live in Pahrump. North Vegas. Gateway to regular Vegas. Um, I drove from Vegas to Pahrump just a couple of weeks ago, and I was thinking on this absolutely pristine highway 
that is way wider th- than it needs to be for the amount of traffic you're going to get going to Pahrump, mm-hmm. and perfectly paved. I thought that is a Harry Reid highway. That oh, yeah. is the majority leader of the Senate got this highway built to his hometown. So when he flies right. into Vegas or whatever, he drives back and forth on this highway. Well, yeah, and he can claim, and uh, we've brought home $400 million in the last seven minutes alone to yeah. our home state. So this Harry si- Reid, may his soul rot in Hades. The city will also have, um, uh, what was there? There's another one I came across here. And just, I liked, uh, robotic maids to do housework. Animal, you get to your hologram teachers and robot maids? And flying, robot dinosaurs. Flying cars? This is the Jetsons. Yeah. Flying cars, robot maids, yeah. And a beach featuring glow-in-the-dark sand, which I'm not exactly sure what the point of that. That just sounds like a novelty you don't need. Like a, It's no- to save on okay. tiki torch oil. <laughs> Because, again, the oil thing is drying up. So the Saudis are looking to the future. No, that'll be, that glow-in-the-dark beach will be very Instagrammable. Oh, Oh, very good. Good call, good call. The millennial comes through. You know, there's... uh, If if you're ever in a big (laughs) urban city, or or a big city, rather, that was redundant, and you just see, like, a randomly, a giant, like, multicolor painted beautiful wall... Yeah, that essentially exists for people to take Instagrams in front wow. of and try to geo, you know, bookmark this as sure. the, I'm the sure art right. center of town or whatever. Getting back to the glowing beach, there seems to be an awful lot of chemistry that might not be good for you. Well, yeah, I was wondering how between much between seeding the clouds and glowing beaches. How much cancer do I get from the glowing beach, fake moon, and everything else? Right, right. Oh, hologram teachers. MBS doesn't care about that. No. They'll just get a head transplant and you know move on. <laughs> He's they, got the money. They actually have the money to do this if they wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I think immortality would be miserable, but there are some things I would like to see unfold. What is Saudi? What is China like in a hundred years? Oh, I'd like to know that. But outside this city, they're riding camels and fighting a thousand-year-old war over their brand of Islam. Right. There um, is that I, contrast. I don't know how you deal with that part of it. You harness the power of those dinosaurs to <laughs> defeat your enemies. Armstrong and Getty.